Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, brother Hello, Welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for Ghost Kisses with myself, Greg Eves Peterson, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. We've got a great podcast for you as we're going to be keeping this one to two parts as our good friend Jim Root of the Three Man Weave is going to be joining me in the second segment, which will be a few minutes because we really didn't see a ton in college basketball with regards to news and notes on Wednesday, but he's going to be joining me and we're going to be talking about a wide array of different things. Certainly, we're going to be taking a look at some of these two time transfers and how we're going to be gauging them, but the Three Man Weave is unrolling their top 40 list for this upcoming college basketball season. I'll ask him about a few teams that he might be a little bit more slash less bullish slash bearish on than some of the other men of the three-man weave. And just naturally as well, I was going to be talking about how they handled Ole Miss with the amount of two-time transfers that they are dealing with. And with Jim, he's also done a great job because he is a part of the Almanac. That is part of three-man weave, field of 68, along with Heatcheck CBB, doing a lot of conference previews. It's a really good Almanac, by the way. I picked it up last year. Very good resource for all those looking to get a leg up on the college basketball season. But he is taking a look at the Patriot League, and he wanted to gauge how many minutes are returning from that conference. And he did a very nice deep dive on just the amount of returning experience, the amount of returning minutes that all these teams by conference have. So we're going to be diving in there and trying to look at a few angles for this upcoming season on conferences that might have teams that you might want to be betting on in November and December when there is a lot of unfamiliarity with a lot of these teams. So we're going to be doing a nice little bit of a deep dive there. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at and underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters CM, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. The other way is find an Apple podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. Them from there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Via that five-star review, really did not get in any Twitter questions today. And as you can tell, Transfer Portal, it is very much coming to a halt at this point. But we are getting a little bit more news with regards to some of these player injuries as well. We should be getting more and more as teams are starting to report to practice as kids are back on campus for the upcoming school year. And that means that things are getting a little bit more hot and heavy with regards to getting prepped for the upcoming season as it does seem as though Devin Carter is going to be cleared for all basketball activities, returning to Providence after last year. He was a nice double-figure scorer for the team and really was a bit of a jack-of-all-trades for this bunch. Not a guy that necessarily lit it up from three-point range or anything like that, but very steady Eddie guy, was able to do a nice job being able to throw in there right around 13 points, five boards, two and a half assists, a steal, a block per contest. I really do like his overall game, so that is going to be impactful, the fact that 
he's going to be out there on the floor. I know that John Ross Sr. tweeted it out. He was mentioning the fact that he did not play with the uh, foreign tour of Providence. And Dylan DeSue, we are still waiting to see if he's going to be able to take the floor to begin the season. He has yet to be clear for basketball activities after he suffered that rough injury during the NCAA tournament. Someone that averaged right around nine points, four and a half boards per contest last year. But you could tell that he was really picking up steam and fire towards the back half of the season as well. So I'm certainly paying attention on that front. As you can tell on this podcast as well, you're getting more and more conference previews as well. And we should be doing the SWAC within the next few days. We're going to be trying to do the Sun Belt within the next week or so as well. And then we get in the, the W's, the WCC, along with the WAC. And then from there, we get into more of those power conferences. So it's all coming together. And things always come together when we've got any of the men from the three-man weave aboard. And we're going to be chatting with Jim Root next right here on Coast with myself, Greg Eves Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Hannah Storm and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation. I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. 
players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for Cuts and Cuts with myself, Craig Eves Peterson, now a part of the VEASAN Family Podcast, and it is great to be joined by this man as it is Jim Root who is joining me. He does tremendous work over at the three-man weave. He, the newly married Matt Cox and Kai McKeon, they are doing absolutely tremendous work taking a look at the game of college basketball that we all know and love. They are part of the Almanac, which... That's the three-man weave, field of 68. He checks CBB, breaking down all these conferences, looking at all these teams, to get you set for what is going to be a tremendous college basketball season. I know that Jim has interviewed about 100 million billion coaches for this. He has been able to get in some tremendous insights, and I know that he's been doing a great job taking a look at a lot of returning minutes in college basketball as well. You're able to follow him on X, which that's still very strange to say, at second chance points, that's a number two ND chance points altogether. And Jim, it's always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Wow, thank you for that great introduction, Greg. I appreciate it. A pleasure to be here. Like you said, recently married Matt Cox. It was a big weekend for Three Man Weave. We celebrated, we sang, we danced, drank, we had a wild one, but I am back, ready to talk college hoops. Got back into it today. A lot of, like you said, almanac work going on with it coming out in, in about two weeks. So uh, it's a busy time as we get closer and closer to college hoops. And a credit to you guys. For those that follow the three-man weave on X as well, at the number 3MW underscore CBB, they did not miss a beat on their top 40 countdown as well. I have to think that they probably gave Matt Cox a day or two off from posting up on there for the fact that he got married. But I know you guys, every single year you vote on your top 40, and then it's sort of a consensus that makes up the top 40 there. Just out of curiosity, was there a team or two that you came in a little bit higher or a little bit lower on than the other gentlemen over there at the three-man week? Because I have noticed for those who have been following along on this, that's sort of like 
we're going to call it 15 through 25 has been a lot of SEC teams recently. We definitely have had some wide-ranging opinions. I think, like you said, 15 to 25 has been SEC-heavy. Usually that, like, 26 to 30 just seems like it's five Big Ten teams that are going to finish between 5th and 10th in that conference. And we got a lot of differing opinions there. One team that just missed the top 40 that I was a little higher on was Kansas State. My vote almost got them into the top 40 single-handedly. I just think with Tyler Perry... Leading the charge there in the backcourt, Jerome Tang really proving last year that he can make things work with Noel and Johnson were stars, but then that supporting cast is pretty unheralded. And they still ended up competing very well in the Big 12, one of the toughest leagues in the country. And they get that three seed, making a little run through the NCAA tournament. I'm pretty high on Kansas State this year, even without Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson, the two kind of fringe All-Americans last year. And then the other one that I was a lot higher on that kind of dictated our ranking was St. John's. I didn't expect to be the guy in the three-man weave that believed in Rick Pitino rather than the other two kind of being a little more tepid with their assessment. But uh, I just saw right before we we hopped on recording here that Dennis Jenkins, the transfer from Iona, is eligible there for St. John's. That gives him that second playmaker in the backcourt to go with Jordan Dingle. They got a little more size. Jenkins is a better defender. Uh, just kind of confirms what I was expecting with that team where you've got a great defensive track record in Rick Pitino. Uh, just look at what he did at Iona over and over year after year. And I think they've got enough offensive pop and lineup versatility that they're going to be right up there. And I'm always willing to believe in a great coach like Rick Pitino with a roster that I think is, is good enough. It's not as you know star-studded, but it, it is good enough that he can succeed with it. So that was a team that I was surprised that, that the rest of the weave didn't really come in with me in terms of being all in on the, the Red Storm. And I think this year is a little bit more intriguing with taking a look at these rankings. I think that there might be a little bit more of a range with it based on just the landscape of college basketball. Joining me on the show, we do have Jim Root, who does a tremendous job over at 3-Band Weave because you were mentioning it, not knowing whether or not these guys are graduate transfers or if they're going to be two-time, three-time, however many-time transfers that are not graduate transfers because – we saw in college football, the NCAA strike down a lot of these waivers. And I think that there's becoming more and more concern that these guys, that they are two-plus-time transfers, they are not going to be eligible for the upcoming season. And I would have to think that that is going to create a lot more of a range because let's call it what it is. There are hundreds of guys that are going to be really reliant upon these waivers to get out there on the floor or not. And while we know what to expect out of a team like Michigan State, Wisconsin, your boring Big Ten teams that don't really utilize the transfer portal. A team like Ole Miss, just spitballing an example, I probably missed your top 40. That's a team that they could rise very, very much so if they get their guys out there on the floor. And if they don't get those guys out there on the floor, it probably is going to be a rough year. Interestingly enough, Ole Miss did land 40 in our countdown. Oh, wow. That was a team that I think even when we started to do this, so that's, you know, three weeks ago, doing it daily that, that we were talking about them. And even when we voted a little bit before that, we weren't totally sure that the NCAA was going to stand by some of these two-time waivers and not give them out. Uh, I think even as guys entered the portal this offseason, there was skepticism that the NCAA would actually make them sit. And now that they officially are, and it seems like that's really going to start to be the momentum, is these, these are going to get denied and guys are not going to get to play. That has changed a few assumptions about teams where every rating I make on a team is I'm going to exclude a two-time waiver guy until I hear differently. Whereas in the past, maybe I lean towards, and eh, they'll probably get it. And I think that's what a lot of players and coaches thought 
entering this offseason. Regardless of what the NCAA said, they, they did try to make it clear you're not going to get the waiver, but I think it was just kind of a boy who cried wolf situation where in the past the guys did end up getting waivers. I think it will change things a little bit next year with the way the portal functions. And A, I don't think as many guys will enter the portal if they're a second-time transfer. And B, their interest level might be a lot lower from teams where if they're going to have to sit, like does a team really want to invest that year in the guy who could maybe leave again as a grad transfer? It's just going to kind of change the environment. The fact that the NCAA has actually stuck to their guns on it and really stood by the words they said right at the beginning of the offseason has kind of been surprising to see and, and made things like you said, a little dicier as we're trying to label a rating on all these teams. Oh, there's no doubt about it because the only thing that is consistent about the NCAA is their inconsistency. So that has been so interesting to take a look at. And Jim, what else is very interesting to take a look at is I know that you did this great project. I believe that you use a little bit of numbers that you were able to find via Bart Torvik, which is also obviously a very good resource for anyone Gangs up for the upcoming college basketball season, but I know you were doing a great job taking a look at returning minutes by conference, and I don't think that it should be too much of a shock that a lot of these teams that are towards the top, a lot of these conferences, a lot of them are more of your mid-majors, like I know that the Atlantic Sun, the Ivy League conferences like this, they are more towards the top, and shock, shock, surprise, surprise, a conference like the Big 12 going to be a little bit more towards the bottom, but what did you make out of this research project that you did do taking a look at these returning minutes and what does it really tell you about the landscape of college basketball and how are you going to be evaluating these teams for the upcoming season? Yeah, I initially did it because I wrote the Patriot League for the Almanac and I was reviewing the Ivy and I was like, oh, I want, it seems like a lot of these teams that are, you know, very academics forward are not losing as many guys to the portal. They're certainly not getting as many guys via the portal because it's a lot harder to get in as a transfer. That kind of checked out. Ivy was the very top team in terms of continuity. A lot of those squads returned three, four, five starters, which is so rare as you go through every other conference. Those teams with three starters are the ones bringing everybody back compared to the Ivy. That's the rule, not the exception. As you mentioned, like the Big 12 was pretty far down there. Most of the power conferences pretty far down in terms of continuity. And I think it's because, hey, if you're a really good player, you might end up in the pros. And if you're not and you're not playing, you're not getting as many touches as you want, then you're going to maybe down transfer, go to go somewhere else where you think you have more opportunities. So I don't know if I'm going to put like a sweeping conclusion on it as we go into the year, just in terms of like trying to bet on like collectively on a league. But the Ivy is always a conference that's intriguing to me in the non-conference because their offenses are tough to prepare for. They're tough to guard. And now you put that with more continuity where guys have had longer time to learn those systems and the, the teams they're playing against probably don't have as much of a familiarity with each other. I think that does bode well for Ivy teams in the non-conference portion of the schedule. Maybe I'll be you know, looking to lean more towards them in a coin flip situation or, or betting a little more on them if I've got a real good edge on one of them. And what I think is so interesting about the Ivy League as well is just the style of play as well. This was something that I was talking about over the weekend with Joe Puzzlick of Stretching the Floor. He's joining me on the show. We do have Jim Root. does great work over at the three-man weave. And I do think that with the Ivy League, especially if they're catching quite a few points in some of these spots out of conference, the way that they play also lends a lot of value. Because with the Ivy League, really, Sands, Columbia, and Cornell, you've got a lot of teams that they play a little bit more slow. They play a little bit more defense-oriented, like Yale, like Brown, to a lesser extent, Harvard. Hopefully, they can make a few more threes. 
this season. But I take a look at those sorts of schools, and I think that they lend good value towards the beginning part of the season because while they might not have those guys going out there, giving you 20-plus points per game or anything like that, the fact that they've got a cohesive unit that plays solid defense, I think could be very profitable towards the beginning part of the season. Yeah, definitely. And I think in the past, you know, maybe in the past five plus years, the Ivy's also really upgraded its athleticism where uh, Harvard kind of started it. Tommy Amaker recruited really well there. And then, like you said, Yale and, and Brown, I think, are two great examples of it where they've just started to get more and more guys that can match or compete with high major athleticism. So, you know, in the past, the offenses were tough to guard, but maybe the Ivy couldn't get enough stops to cover some of those bigger spreads. Now, with the way they shorten the game, running their continuity type stuff offensively and having the defensive principles that they do with upgraded athleticism, it's probably a good league. Two years ago, after they canceled the season, it was a conference I was looking to fade in the non-com because everybody in the league had not played games for over a year. Now, I think it's turning back the other way where it's, it's somebody I'm looking to back because of that continuity, because of the age, the experience, the quality of coaches, and the intricacy of the offensive systems there. Yes, I do think that these are going to be teams that are going to be allowing for a lot of value, and it should be so interesting to take a look at them for the upcoming season. As joining me on the show, we do have Jim Root, who does tremendous work over at the three-man weave. And Jim, I know that you are very hard at work taking a look at so many of these conferences. I know that you were alluding to it. You did a little bit with the Patriot League. I know that you did a little bit with the American as well, and I feel like the American is going to be such an interesting conference just because there are teams that are going to have some sort of familiarity because you've got all those teams like UAB, North Texas, Rice, they're going to be coming over for Conference USA, but how are you gauging some of these teams that this year they're dealing with Conference Realignment? Because I feel like it's been a case where with these teams that have been dealing with Conference Realignment, it's either gone really, really good, they've been able to catch teams off guard because they play a little bit of a distinct style, which I still think, despite the coaching change, might be holding true for a team like a North Texas that plays at one of the slowest paces in all of college basketball. Meanwhile, it's been very disastrous for a team. I'm going to go back to the Ryzen League here, like Robert Morris a few years ago where they were a top NEC team, and then they went straight down the toilet bowl when they went to the Ryzen Lake. It's tricky with the American because so much of it is changing. There's six new teams coming from Conference USA. Three teams left, including Houston, was the big bad bully for a while. And I had one Conference USA coach tell me, like, oh, leagues can sometimes take on the identity of the best team. And I think that started to happen with the American where Houston was so physical, so strong defensively and really leaned into that. Years where the Americans struggled to shoot and just you had to lean into some of that strengthen the paint and they're more big heavy squads now coming in it, it might not be quite the case and uab plays pretty fast they pressure fau's got four guards on the court at all times maybe charlotte's going to speed things up a little bit with their coaching change now that ron sanchez is back at virginia and they've got an australian guy in charge there aaron fern so it's going to be strange with that because there is such a big sweeping difference rather than just one or two members moving kind of trying to sort into a league that's already settled so I think that actually creates opportunity for those Conference USA teams where you know, Florida Atlantic certainly looked at as a top 15 team by just about everybody, maybe top 20 if you want to stretch that, and, and some people are even higher. So they're likely the favorite. Memphis also right there have brand new pieces coming in. That roster is almost entirely turned over. But after that, man, you mentioned Rice. You mentioned North Texas. I think they're going to be kind of right in that mix. Same with UAB. Trying to come up into that third spot where – 
maybe some of these CUSA teams, most of whom had a really good year last year, that conference was way, way up. Maybe they're going to be right up there in the American and not skip a beat. Now that you take out somebody like Houston and Cincinnati, who is you know, typically up there, maybe not in, in recent years, but there's a real window of opportunity for those six Conference USA teams that are entering the American. Yeah, there's so much intrigue with regards to the American Conference USA because there's so much turnover. So there is going to be a little bit of familiarity within the conference, and there's just such a wild style of play as well. And this is something that I really highlighted last year when it came to those games in the NCAA tournament, NIT, what have you. I feel like Conference USA was really able to thrive because you would see one night North Texas, who was one of the slowest teams that we've ever seen in college basketball, and then the next night you would see UAB, who plays at a super-duper fast pace. Do you think that this all-in-all could be very beneficial for the American? Because we were just talking about North Texas. Tulane played at warp speed last year as well, and this is once again going to be one of those conferences that they've got a wide variety of different styles. And I think that even though it might lead to a little bit of attrition during the regular season, it could really lead to these teams being bet on teams with regards to both non-conference play and with regards to those March tournaments. Yeah, definitely in the postseason, where if you're able to play different styles, I think FAU was maybe the best example of it last year. You're more geared towards postseason, like FAU wins shootout with Kansas State and kind of an up and down game with Memphis, even though it wasn't super high scoring. And then they win the brawl against Tennessee. In some of the other leagues, they're a little more homogenous. For instance, the Big Ten, I think you have to play a big or two bigs most of the time. You kind of have to win in the half court. We saw Nebraska try to go against that in the first couple of years with Fred Hoiberg, and it just did not work whatsoever. So he had to kind of acquiesce to the rest of the league style and become more physical, more defense-oriented last year. To your point, if you're able to get more experience playing different styles in a league like the American's probably going to have, then yeah, I think it does bode well for postseason play. And even the Big 12's a little like that. There's there's some teams that get up and down. There's some that are more half-court-oriented, and that I think has given them more preparation for the postseason and allowed them to thrive a little bit in that setting. Whereas like the Big Ten just really struggled in the postseason. So, yeah, I think it's beneficial to be able to play different styles throughout the year. And both of us being from the great state of Wisconsin are fully aware that the last time a Big Ten team won the national title was back in 2000 with the old Michigan State Flintstones. Uh, and it's been a while there, but a man that does a great job with this preparation, a man that does absolutely amazing work. Taking a look at this game of college basketball as you, Jim. You're very hard at work on the Almanac, so I certainly want to give you the floor to be able to just share with the people what you're all working on in that front and how they're able to follow all of your work on social media and other platforms. Yeah, the three-man weave pod is getting into preview season. We did our mid-major extravaganza last week, and then this week we'll be getting into the American and the Atlantic 10 in big-time detail. No Matt Cox for that one since he is honeymooning. We wish him well on that. So check out that, the Three Men Leave College Basketball Podcast. And then, yeah, the only thing I definitely want to hit beyond that is the Almanac. Coming out in two weeks, September 20th, it will be live. Website, cbbalmanac.com. That's where you can sign up. You'll get a login. You'll be able to see all the teams, all the preview pages, all the national content there. 25 freshmen to watch, 25 transfers to watch, top 25 mid-major teams, et cetera, et cetera, All-Americans, anonymous coaching polls in each league to find out who the best pro prospect is, the player that scares the coaches the most. Really fun, unique stuff that you're not going to find in any other preseason publication to go with the standard 362-team previews with every coach talked to and, and quoted and 
and all that good stuff. So it is a wonderful, wonderful resource for college hoop fans. It's only fifteen ninety nine right now until September twentieth, and then it goes up to nineteen ninety nine once the product is live. So you have an incentive to pre-order before that comes out on September 20th. It is a tremendous resource. Jim, all the men at the three-man weave, everyone that's over there with each XCBB field of 68, they're all very hard at work doing an amazing job getting you set for the upcoming season. And anytime any one of these gentlemen come on the podcast today, it was the wonderful Jim Root. They always lend tremendous insights. And Jim, one of the hardest working men that you're going to find in college basketball. Big thanks, Sam, for joining me on Kiss Kiss Heaps, part of the Visa Family Podcast. And if you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Kiss Kiss Heaps, you're able to subscribe wherever your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you do have a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able for those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at GNN underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters M, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. And the other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And from there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast by that five-star review. And I'm coming at you guys every single day on this podcast. Now we're in sort of that stretch where we're able to take a look forward. We're able to gauge these teams. We're certainly going to be hitting upon some mid-majors to look at with one of our good friends, Rocco Miller, on the podcast tomorrow. So be on the lookout there. More conference previews are going to be on tap within the next seven days as well with the SWAC and the Sun Belt. So I appreciate you guys tuning in today. And just friendly reminder, once we get back in season, which is coming sooner rather than later, you're getting picks and analysis on every single game every single day. So appreciate you tuning in today, and I'll be back with you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.